From Passages, I'm Rachel Powell, and this is Passages Voice. Racism scars communities. Christina King, the African American Affairs Director at the Philos Project, saw these deep scars in two communities and sought to create a connection between them. Today on Passages Voice. everyone, this is Rachel here today, and I have the pleasure of having Christina King, the Director of African American Affairs from the Philos Project, on with me today. Thanks for joining me, Christina. Thank you so much for having me, Rachel. We feel like it's such a privilege to be able to um, have such great guests and to be able to chat with you today. But Christina, you are um, a part of the African Affairs Initiative at the Philos Project. Um, but you did a lot of things before coming to the Philos Project. So can you tell us a little bit um, about your story and how you ended up where you are today? Um, yes, and I just want to clarify because you said African Affairs, and that would be great if we one day have an African Affairs program at Philos, but African American Affairs. So yes, before before uh, coming to the Philos Project, uh, I actually, my background was in uh, working in marketing and promotions, and so I I start there um, because when I was living in Detroit after uh, college, attending Duke University, and uh, my major was in public policy there. Um, you know, sometimes after school, you don't use your major at all, and so I was working in Detroit in marketing and promotions and the entertainment industry. Um, and then with motivational speaker Les Brown, um, and I got radically saved. <laughs> and after I came into my Christian faith, I began working with um, different ministries to help them to get um, sponsors for conferences and events. And in doing that, um, became kind of known uh, with pastors and ministries in the Detroit area. And I had worked um, on several projects with Pastor Glenn Plummer, who was the president of the uh, Christian Television Network, uh, an African-American-owned um, Christian television station there in um, Detroit. And he did this really weird thing where he was always taking people to Israel, which all of us thought was like, that's crazy. Like, we really haven't experienced that in our community. And so we just... I, like many others, just thought it was odd when he would have these flyers about going to Israel. Um, but Pastor Plummer ended up uh, holding an a, um, incredible position. He's the only African-American who's ever been the chairman of the National Religious Broadcasters, um, the NRB, a very powerful um, kind of overseeing organization of all Christian uh, broadcasters in the United States. So whether people like Billy Graham's programs, any any of these programs that are like the, the uh, Christian evangelical programs on radio and television. And he was the chairman. Um, the chairman, uh, during their outgoing reception, uh, would, when they were leaving office, would be asked to give a message. Um, and this reception was in part sponsored by the Israeli Knesset because of all of the travel that uh, evangelical Christians uh, do mm -hmm. to Israel. And so Pastor Plummer did a message um, 
that was talking about why Israel should engage the African-American community. And in that message, he talked about the historical relationship between the Black and Jewish community, particularly regarding the civil rights movement and uh, Martin Luther King and the the uh, special relationship between Martin Luther King and the Jewish community. We all know that iconic uh, photograph of Dr. King with uh, a, uh, Rabbi Abraham Joshua Heschel walking across the uh, William Pettus Bridge in Selma. Um, Sometimes we don't know that that uh, gentleman in the photograph was the Jewish rabbi. Uh, in the movie, they somehow turned him into a Greek Orthodox priest, but he was actually a Jewish rabbi, and he was a um, great friend of, of Dr. King. And so uh, when Pastor Plummer uh, did this message, um, he was asked, as God often does and opens up many doors for you to go to many different places all over the nation, uh, to speak about this topic, why, you know, why um, Israel should engage the African-American community. And eventually he was actually asked to go to the actual Knesset in Israel. And when he was there, um, his, the Jewish uh, community asked him, you know, what's your organization? What's your nonprofit to help bring this uh, this vision to pass? And he said, you know, I'm just a pastor. The Lord has put this message on my heart. And um, I don't have an organization. And so they said, well, put together a white paper and we'll help you to get some support and funding. And so he came back and he knew me because of my work with uh, doing development uh, and business development things and, and marketing. And he gave me uh, that message on a CD and he asked me if I would write a white paper. Mm. And when I did that, I knew nothing about Israel. To me, Israel was like Narnia. Um, it was just a fairy tale land that was in the Bible. Um, I never thought about it as a modern state. I had never been taught in any way in my Christian walk that even Judeo-Christian had anything to do with um, the Jews or Judaism or Israel. I knew no connection. I had no real concept of any connection between Judaism and Christianity or that Christianity um, had come out of Judaism. Um, and so as I um, read this paper and began to study the relationship between um, uh, uh, Judaism and Christianity, as well as the relationship between the black and Jewish community, um, the Lord just First, an incredible gratitude towards the Jewish community and the Jewish people in my heart. And as I began particularly to study about the civil rights movement, and I saw that um, what a friend the Jewish community had been to the African-American community, that they had 50% uh, of the attorneys had been um, were Jewish, that 70% of the funding came from the Jewish community, the, that um, the young people who had died, uh, like in the Mississippi, we know the the, the um, Mississippi burning movie, and and two of those young people, um, uh, that Goodman, Shane, H. Warner, were uh, Jewish um, students, college students who had come to help register black voters down south. And so, as I began to learn of this unique history. Um, it literally, the Lord just used it to birth an incredible gratitude uh, towards the Jewish community uh, in my heart. I then 
as I continued to study and to try to write this paper, um, I saw and I didn't know that the relationship between um, Judaism and Christianity and realized that, you know, that uh, the words, our scriptures were given to us by Jewish writers and prophets, that the apostles and disciples had been Jewish, that, um, that the that the Bible was really the story of the Jewish people, and um, that our Messiah was a Jew, and so I again had a deep gratitude for what the Jewish community has contributed to my own life as a Christian and to my own life as an African American, because um, after, before the Civil Rights Movement. There were so many things that I personally could not have done. So many things that my, my father or uh, grandparents or had been um, kept from doing in America. The school I went to, I wouldn't have been able to go to different jobs and many other opportunities. And after the civil rights movement, um, the impact that that had on my own personal life and what uh, the kind of things that I'm able to do in my own life. Um, and that, and how it impacted um, the African American community, particularly, but our whole nation. Um, and it just birthed an incredible gratitude in me. And so I wrote that paper. When I look back on it, I, uh, it was like it was like Hebrew when I look at it because I knew nothing about it. So what I, mm-hmm. so um, what I often tell people is like, if you'll give the Lord your skills and your background and your focus uh, that he can do whatever he wants with you and I think that part of the reason I was able to do and I've been able to do the work that I've done is because I really came with a completely blank slate I had no opinion whatsoever about any kind of policy about what Israel was doing or not doing and I just came I just studied and I just came open-minded to learn from the people who had been doing the work uh, for a long time. And so from that white paper, which went into the hands of many, many different people, um, Pastor Plummer and Rabbi Yakil Eckstein of the International Fellowship of uh, Christians and Jews started a partnership called the Fellowship of Israel and Black America. And when they did that, they asked me to be the executive director, which I did for uh, three years. And during that time, I kept running into uh, a gentleman named Jeff Mendelson um, and another uh, woman, Samantha Marth-Golis, that were um, executives and in, in the leadership at, at APEC, the American-Israel Public Affairs Committee. And so they would, um, we would end up being at different events and, and different places. And so Rabbi... Um, during that time, APEC was going to be starting an African-American outreach. And so they gave me the um, job description to help identify a, a person. And so I've been sending out this job description for about a year and a half to people uh, that I thought, you know, might be good candidates and, mm. and trying to help them identify somebody for that, that position. And when um, Rabbi... Um, Eckstein and Pastor Plummer decided to uh, close down uh, FIBA and to um, that, close that initiative down. Um, I spoke. Uh, I spoke to uh, APEC and um, 
asked Pastor Plummer, you know, what do you think about me doing uh, this job at APEC? And so uh, he said, gave me his blessing, said, I, you know, he thought that's, he thought that would be great because of my own background with in business and all of um, the things. And it was actually my public policy major. So it's so funny to me. All those years later, it came back around, came uh, came to APAC and started their African-American um, outreach and worked at APAC for um, about nine years. Um, and then I went back to the International Fellowship of Christians and Jews to start their uh, African-American um, outreach program. And, um, and then when Scott Phillips, who was a colleague of mine at APEC, um, became the executive director of Passages. And while I was still at the fellowship, he asked me, you know, hey, he, we, uh, Passages had done their first trip and we came back I just I love brother we're just um you know we we did so many things together at APEC met so many people and just as you know two Christians who were there in a majority Jewish organization we just um became brother and sister there and um after the first trip bless his wonderful soul. He came back and he said, Christina, we don't have enough diversity um, through the schools that we're going to. Could you please help us to recruit and identify um, some students, some African-American leaders to go on our trips? And I said, of course, you know, I just do that as a volunteer, like anything to help get the African-American community to Israel. Mm -hmm. And so um, that's what I started to do. And uh, when I decided to leave um, the fellowship, um, Scott had made an introduction to me to Robert Nicholson at the Philos Project uh, because they were looking to um, do an African-American affairs. And I can only say that Robert Nicholson and the Philos Project is just in my DNA. I cannot, uh, it, it was, it's a moment, I can remember a moment of sitting at, the summaries from one of their um, PLI leadership institutes, and there was about four, five or about five of their staff that was sitting answering questions to the young people. And I was sitting in the back of the room knowing that I was going to be coming on as a staff person, um, you know, in a couple of months. Mm, yeah. And I had this moment of knowing, I said, that, wow, I knew that God knew me. I said, for me to become one of the staff people at this organization that I feel so perfectly suited, so perfectly a part of the Feeble's family, so perfectly a part of the way that um, Robert Nicholson and just the, the joy and pleasures of, of um, Luke and the way he just loves people and, and, and the, uh, it was just, like, I just knew, like, again, it was such a gratitude that, wow, of all the people in the world that the Lord brought me to this perfect place uh, to continue um, my work in engaging the African-American community. And so here I am um, at Philos, the African-American Affairs Director, and working closely with um, Passages to recruit young leaders for their 
uh, for their trips and, and, um, and work. Wow. That is quite an incredible journey, Christina, <laughs> to, <laughs> to see where God has brought you over all those years. That is amazing. His, his timing is always perfect. And I think that's, that's incredible to hear how he has led you, but you've like all along, you've, you've always worked with your community. Um, and, and then it led you into also working with Israel and the Middle East. So in that, like now with your work, what is kind of your, your vision for your community um, as you're bringing um, young African-American students to Israel? Yeah, you know, I, I, in my own personal life, as I said, I didn't even, when we used to see the fires from Pastor Bummer, uh as a Christian, I really had no idea um, why he was going there um, mm-hmm. and what it really was. I didn't even think of it in a political way because, you know, I know some people think of Israel and this big war-torn country or, um, but I didn't, it really was like the land of the Bible to me. And like I said, it was my, my son, when I would travel to Israel, he would ask me, am I going to Narnia? So <laughs> it was really this fairy tale world. Um, and, and this something that I thought is like, you know, uh, and I think some people, I think some people have that experience. It was like this fable, a place in a fable. So um, it has been my great joy and pleasure um, to be able to bring African-American leaders, my my favorite leaders to bring, although I love the young people. That's a new experience for me. But my favorite leaders to bring are the uh, black pastors. People who have been studying the word for years never would have thought mm. they would have the opportunity to go to the to Israel, to go to the land of the Bible, the Holy Land that they've been studying some 40, 50 years. And then to have the opportunity to um, engage them and to, uh, you know, in God's divine way, when he even makes provision um, for them to be able to go to go to Israel and to um, see what they have been studying and what they've been imparting to our community um, for their whole life is, is just absolutely amazing to me. Um, but now uh, in my work with, with Philos, with our focus on uh, millennials and on young adults has been, you know, has been uh, another incredible joy. I have I have sons who are in college, so they went on um, on a passages trip as well, and so um, it's it, as Christian leaders. I just uh, believe that everyone, every Christian, should go to Israel. Um, it makes everything come alive. It's kind of like when your dad takes you to where he grew where he grew up, and he's like, "Hey, this is where I play basketball, and this is where we used to go get." Coca-Cola and this is where you know I met your mom or whatever that's what I always feel like when I'm when I'm in Israel it's like this is where Jesus played basketball this is where so um it's and then to have the you know the very cities that are in the bible that like Capernaum and all that and and Nazareth and they're still there it's like oh my gosh this is unbelievable so I just think it's such an amazing experience um like your faith just soars to the next level of as a Christian that like, this is real. These, these cities are still here. You know, all of this, you know, I can see how this happened and your perspective on the stories in the Bible just comes alive. 
and to be able to be a part of sharing that with um, young African-American Christians as they, um, you know, try to make their way in this difficult world and to be able to impact their faith like that is, is amazing. Um, but equally amazing because we do live in, in this world and I'm not like this, you know, uh, you know, like you're, where you're so heavenly minded that you have, don't do earthly good. I, I, we live in this world. And so to also um, understand Israel and the Middle East as a part of um, our world's narrative is to me equally um, fascinating. It's equally a privilege because it's a whole nother world when you come to, when you go to the Middle East, when you learn when from foreign policy perspective and politics um, and uh, from, you know, from war, from religion, from um, history, from race relations, from, um, you know, uh, education, words, uh, people groups working together, from, you know, the, the major religions of the world, all of those things are so amplified when you're in Israel, uh, when you're in this tiny uh, country, this is the size of, of um, New Jersey, um, surrounded, you know, we often talk about Israel, the Israeli-Palestinian conflict, and Israel looks like the strong uh, one in that. But if you just, you know, broaden your perspective and you look at the Middle East, is Israel is surrounded by enemies, you know, and um, that whole perspective and then the role that the United States plays is uh, equally important and it's equally important for my community to not just be leaders in our community and oftentimes um, our focus because we feel like that there are so many problems in the African-American community and that we have so little help from our fellow Americans that we stay so focused. But to be able to lift up our head and to uh, be world citizens. Mm. Um, when I worked at APEC and I, you know, I didn't always agree with APEC, but I learned tremendously and I uh, thought it was a, a tremendous a privilege to be able to engage African-American leaders in that level of policy and that level of politics and to be able to work with members of Congress. Um, you know, it was fascinating. It was a privilege. Um, but one of the things that was frustrating to me was that oftentimes our African-American um, members of Congress we're so focused on domestic issues, as many of our members of Congress are. They came there to deal with, you know, health care or to deal with uh, student debt or whatever their domestic issue is. And they weren't, they weren't about um, um, foreign policy and policy issues. And you'll find in the African-American community that there's very few even um, people who are getting their degrees and stuff in, in those areas. And so, um, but they're still the people who are voting on those issues. And so to to lift their heads and to engage in those issues um, also became something that was very important to me. And so uh, with the work of Philos and Passages, to be able to engage bright, young, Christian, amazing African-American leaders uh, to engage with this world as we become a global world and to be able to lift their head to see what the world is doing and to become knowledgeable about world issues 
is just an, is just you know such a privilege, something that we need, and uh, we always talk about. I always talk about with the African American Leadership Program that our end goal is to help to um, be a part of developing ethical world leaders, which we all need so desperately uh, in our nation, in our community, uh, and in this world. And so, um, yeah. Uh, yeah, we we're trying we're we're doing that by you know the the wonderful opportunity of young people being able to travel to Israel, so to travel internationally, um, and then secondly. Um, with the pre and post programming, um, recently we started doing um, African American leadership weekends. We did our first one at Hebrew Union uh, College in Cincinnati. It's actually a Jewish um, uh, learning institute, and it was amazing. And we dealt with the historical relationship between the Black and Jewish community, um, and then. Um, you know, and dealt with some of the things about about Israel, um, and then we really dealt with ethics and about um, and integrity and ethical issues about leadership, and so that's what we plan to continue to do. Um, we do engage with you know professional African American leaders, uh, particularly um, those that might um, that can help to guide us in this work or that can. Uh, that we will be utilizing as writers and as some of you know the you know the teachers and 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 um, uh, leadership, um, but our main focus the main focus right now is in that whole recruiting process, which we do both through the uh, African American denominations like the Church of God in Christ, which is an amazing. Um, Progressive National Baptist Convention, the National Baptist Convention of America, and on and on. So many of the African American uh, denominations, and then also at the historically black colleges and universities, the HBCUs. And so, like um, the regular passages paradigm, we are working with um, the HBCUs, uh, developing relationships with those colleges and universities and bringing, you know, cadres of students um, and buses of students like uh, like the other schools and then, uh, you know, having a cadre of students to be able to come back on campus. But we just have one little extra step because we really, in the, in the African-American community, haven't learned about Israel, n neither as uh, Christians or, you know, from a kind of a public policy kind of standpoint, we get a lot of messaging and we get a lot of um, being um, targeted with messaging. Um, but uh, one of the things that I see that's very lost is reminding our young millennials of that relationship between the black and Jewish community. Mm. As Americans, that history that has been so rich, the Jewish community has been an incredible ally to the black community in spite of rifts here and there and um and as christians the word says that uh, i will bless those who bless thee and so that is a promise that i hope to help to um expose even greater uh, to our african-american um brothers and sisters mm, that is so amazing it's awesome to hear 
your heart for your community, but do you have, just to kind of wrap up our time together, do you have from your time in Israel um, leading different people through the land, do you have a favorite story of um, a moment that really stood out to you? Wow, there's there's so many, and there's so many different kind of people that people that I have been privileged to take pastors and members of Congress and young millennials. But you know, I'm the mother of three African American uh, young men, and so I certainly have a heart for and uh, for that um, demographic. And the thing I think the the thing that stands out to me is and it happens over and over again but when the young people go to the uh, jordan river to be baptized i have seen and you know black people we know how to do church we know how to <laughs> invoke the presence <laughs> of the holy spirit with worship and sing praises to god and so um i have seen in that setting where these young people who are so versed in the word can sing their hearts out, can teach and preach from the word um, where they where they come to that waterfront and they they uh, they share in those holy moments and the scriptures and then to see those some of those young people um, uh, to be baptized and come out of that water like it brings tears to my eyes right now, uh, just broken and just full of so so much gratitude and just their mm -hmm. eyes shining and uh just impacted by everything the passages trip the fellowship with other people meeting people uh young people who are in college and are christians and are devoted and are um and are smart and intelligent and ethical and righteous people and uh, and they just, and then to see them come up and just, um, you know, lay down everything, the sin that would, that would so easily beset us and the weight of the world and to come up out of that water uh, in the new life of Christ is amazing. That is so, so beautiful. Well, Christina, I so appreciate you taking time to tell us a little bit about your heart and your experiences. So thank you so much for joining me today. And thank you. And uh, I have to say, you you are wonderfully talented. We're so happy to have you um, to help tell these stories and to share um, at Passages. So thank you, Rachel. Thank you, Christina. To learn more about how to get involved, visit passagesisrael.org backslash pulse. From Passages, I'm Rachel Powell. Thank you for listening.